Good afternoon. It's Dr. Nancy, and um, I'm Dr. Nancy live on Wednesday. Sorry for our delay today. We keep having technical difficulties, but we got Dr. Guba on, and uh, we're so happy to have her today. Um, Dr. Karen Guba is with um, Guba Dentistry, and I'm sure a lot of my audience is familiar with her. Um, she is a, is it a holistic dentist or integrative dentist? What would you call yourself? Um, there's not really a set term, but okay. I think integrative is good because integrative means we kind of mix traditional along with holistic and biologic together. Okay. Well, let's just start with um, maybe asking just how um, is your dentistry different than like the regular dentist that most people go to? Well, I think the main thing that makes us stand out and be different from other offices is that our materials here are different. Um, you won't find in my office that we have fluoride even in the office. And I know a lot of people now are hesitant to use fluoride because of the toxicity levels, especially when we're looking at children. Um, a little fluoride might be okay for some people, but, um, but there's so much fluoride in the foods that we eat and in the water supply uh, that we don't want to add any additional fluoride in the office. We don't recommend toothpaste with fluoride. So you'll be seeing in my office we have products that have xylitol rather than fluoride. And we're recommending that kids use an all-natural toothpaste rather than a toothpaste that has chemicals off the shelf. Right. So um, have you also read any studies about um, excess fluoride raising the blood level, level? I can't talk this right. Lead levels in the blood? Yeah, it kind of goes together. Um, yeah. Kind of an instigator for pulling that lead out. So yeah, another reason to not use fluoride. Um, we also find that people that use fluoride have a higher incidence of thyroid problems. Oh, okay. We see that more in the young moms that we see. Okay. So um, speaking of young moms, how um, soon should a child come in to see you? Well, I really like to see kids as soon as a mom is comfortable bringing the child in. Um, even with infants, sometimes it's not too soon to bring them in because it's good to check them for a problem with the tongue tie. Right. So it's important if feeding or if your kid's just colicky, um, because colicky to me really isn't a thing. There's usually a reason that a child is crying. So mm -hmm. if your child is crying and fussy, first of all, go see your chiropractor and make sure there's not a problem with a, a cranial sacral problem or a neck problem or a vagal nerve problem. And then we need to look in the mouth and make sure that the child is able to suck properly. Um, after that, the next time you should bring your child in is once you see any evidence of any teeth. Uh, you know, as soon as there's a tooth, then you need to start brushing, um, even if it's just with a washcloth and some warm water. Um, you can even brush the gums before there's teeth just to get the, the child used to having your fingers in their mouth. Right. So do you actually do tongue-tie revisions at your office? I do tongue-tie revisions on the toddler age kids. Okay. The infants, not really my specialty. It's okay. kind of a really refined specialty. And most of the kids in town, for the infants, we still refer to Dr. Newman up on the north side. Okay. And he's really got that down with the babies. Okay. Wonderful. Do you also um, do some adult tongue-tie releases? I do. Okay. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because it's kind of a, a new thing in the last couple of years that the people in my generation and even maybe 10 or 15 years younger than me, we kind of got skipped over for that. Yeah. 
because, you know, years ago when there was a lot of midwife births, the midwives would just cut the tongue tie with their fingernail and it was no big deal. And the babies were fine for breastfeeding. Right. And then when there was a lot more hospital births and people in my generation, my, our moms didn't breastfeed us. And so it was no big deal. So and even when I was in dental school, we were taught that everybody has a tongue tie and that's just how it is. So now we know that uh, 50% of my patients are now having sleep problems and airway problems and sleep apnea. And we know a lot of that is related to not having a good airway. And that mm -hmm. is related to narrow arches, which is related to tongue tie problems or right. um, improper orthodontics. So those right. are things that we look for in um, young kids and early intervention orthodontics and then corrections that we can make with adults and teenagers. I've had some adults I've seen after getting revisions, and it's interesting to hear because adults are from, more familiar with their body. Um, it's really interesting to hear the responses after the tongue gets released and how their shoulders just go, just drop down and huh. back pain feels better. It's just amazing what one little piece of skin will do. It just amazes well, me every day. Fascia, you know, the yeah. fascia is really important. It's like if something's too tight and you release that, it's kind of like if you've worn your bra all day and you take it off and it's a big release and you can change right. how you feel. Um, but if that's too tight, you can even see changes in people's posture. And if they've always had a forward head posture and then you release that and then their head goes up straight. So it's yeah. really or if they don't hold their chiropractic adjustments and you don't know why it's because they're constantly being pulled by that. And the muscles are always tight in their mouth. Yeah. I'm finding myself looking under adult tongues more and more than I am <laughs> little, well, little people too. But yeah, it's interesting. And then they're really wide. <laughs> I notice it's like the real wide Eiffel Tower shape, but um. another another good test is if you have patients lift their tongue up and put it in the back of their mouth, they should still be able to open wide to three fingers. So you should oh. put three fingers in your mouth, tongue all the way in the back, and open wide. And if they can't, then it should be evaluated for a possible mm -hmm. tongue tie. Okay. Well, we got got off track, but this we is did. great great information. <laughs> um, let's talk cavities. Um, how can, with what you know about cavities, um, how can our people prevent cavities in their kids? Well, the first and foremost thing is brush your kid's teeth as soon as you start to see the teeth. And then um, we've got to watch the diet. Um, but cavities are caused by a certain bacteria. We know that now. So you've got to keep that bacteria out of their mouth. And... Um, if we are careful with the bacteria and careful with nutrition, then we can prevent it or we can remineralize teeth. So one thing that helps is um, if I see a child that has small cavities, then we do some mineral remineralization procedures. So I use ozone gas in my office. And when we use the ozone gas, it's a very simple procedure. We put that on the teeth and we can actually watch the tooth kind of remineralize before our eyes. And I have a tool that measures the density of the enamel. So we can measure it before we do that. And then we can check the tooth again in a couple of weeks and see if it's made changes. And if it hasn't, we can do the procedure a second time and we can see changes in the, in the enamel. Oh, wow. We can do that sometimes for adult teeth and small cavities as well. Mm -hmm. um, I've been doing the ozone for probably five years now and it's been working really nicely. If the tooth um, has a little larger cavity, then sometimes we're using um, 
uh, silver nitrate. And silver nitrate remineralizes a little bit faster and it actually just hardens the surface so it doesn't get any bigger. So if it's even a hole in the tooth, not so much just a small soft spot, then we can prevent it from getting any bigger and it'll still be a hole. You know, you're not gonna grow that back and fill the hole in, but you can still use that primary tooth as a space holder until the permanent tooth comes in. So we don't necessarily have to do a filling and, and use numbing medications and, and put the child through that trauma. Right. Um, the, the only downside of the silver nitrate that we use is it has silver in it, the name silver nitrate. Yeah. So it can stain the tooth and make it dark. Oh. So you can't really use that easily on a tooth that's in the aesthetic zone. Um, if we have to do that, then we put that in and, and it hardens that area. And then we can take a little bit of that tooth structure out and put a small filling on top of it. So it still might be a tiny bit discolored, but I feel like it's still a really great service to avoid going through that trauma with the child right. and numbing and drilling and all that. So we have a question uh, from one of our viewers. Um, can you do the ozone gas treatments with squirmy toddlers? Um, well, that's, I guess, your definition of squirmy. Um, <laughs> most of the time, um, I find that kids do pretty well as long as we can keep them occupied. Um, my assistants are really good. We talk to the kids, play with the kids. We've got a TV in the ceiling. Oh. I have essential oils in my office, so we get the kids real relaxed and rub lavender on their necks and their ears, and um, we do pr we, we're pretty good with kids. Oh, good. Um, so um, with the fillings, any mercury in your office? There is no mercury in my <laughs> office, and there, I've ne really never used mercury in my practice, um, but there are people that come in that need their mercury fillings removed. Right. Um, and when we remove the mercury, we use a technique that is recommended by the academy that I belong to that's called the SMART technique. And you may have seen some stuff on the internet now about SMART technique. So that is a standardized way to take fillings out. So the way that is done is we bring in a special filter into the room that's a suction unit that's much stronger than regular suction that we use just, you know, with this straw in your mouth. So we have a, a big suction unit that's brought in. Um, we use a rubber dam isolation on the teeth and um, we cover the patient's whole body. It's not just the little bib on your chest because that mercury splatter can go everywhere in the room so that we want your clothes covered up also. Um, hair nets, um, we're covered staff's covered and then we wear a special mask. Um, I'll also have the patient do a charcoal rinse because the charcoal is a good binder and so that goes on top of all the the gum tissue in your mouth so that if any fumes do go inside then that will absorb all that as well. And I would just take a lot of extra precautions that you wouldn't mm -hmm. see which is you know it's a hassle but I think it's important for everybody's safety. Right, I agree. And and then if a woman is pregnant, can she have her mercury fillings removed or does she have to wait? Uh, I would not do that with a pregnant okay. woman. Um, I mean, there's always an exception if it's an emergency or someone's in pain, right. um, but very, very rarely would I ever do that. Okay. Um, mercury can cross the blood-brain barrier and the placental barrier. Right. So people are really aware of that, 
but if you've got so, so one of the things that people should know preparing for pregnancy besides getting yourself healthy and taking your um, supplements and being in good physical condition is it's something that you should consider is having your mercury fillings removed and having good dental health before you get ready to become pregnant because that mercury that's in your body does get passed on to your children. That is true. Yeah. Um, that's really, really good advice. Cause I don't think that moms really think about that or women getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, you really want to have a really good environment, you know, to grow that baby in. And so getting rid of the mercury definitely would be mm -hmm. you know, an advantage for that. Let's go back to the cavities. When you said, um, diet, let's, what kind of things trigger cavities? Is it, you know, you always hear sugar. Um, what else would trigger? Is it, do you um, maintain like good gut health? Is that kind of how you talk? Well, good gut, gut health is very important. And I think people have a good idea about now probiotics are important. Um, but the other thing that sometimes people don't really realize is I have a lot of patients in my practice that are really good, healthy eaters. And they're aware that you should eat organic and they're aware that you shouldn't eat sugar, but sometimes we forget that carbs turn into sugar. And so we're trying to, you know, keep our kids entertained when we're trying to get things done. And so we'll hand them some organic Annie's goldfish. And if your kid's eating snacks all day, even if they're organic, they're still turning into sugar in your mouth. So you can give them healthy goldfish, but they're still carbs or you can give them organic raisins and they're still going to turn into sugar and stick to their teeth. So even though we're trying to do the right thing and theoretically it sounds great, but there are some snacks that are still better than other snacks. So carbs are still sugar and your kids don't know the difference. If you're going to give them a snack, carrots are still a good snack or, you know, cut up vegetables. Right. They don't know the difference. If they don't have the choices of a bowl of M&Ms or a bowl of carrots, if that's their choice, they're still going to eat that. Right. Well, we have, do you have any last minute tips um, to offer our audience today about dental health, anything that you think they should know? Um, I think the most important thing for parents is um, when you do take your child to the dentist, just don't act like it's going to be a big deal for them because I think parents have a lot of underlying fear from when they had experiences kit with kids or as kids sorry yeah, yeah. Um, and so sometimes that comes across to the child so the parents are sometimes so much more nervous than the kids the kids are coming in expecting it to be fine and a lot of times parents are so nervous that the kids are just fearful when they walk in so if you can just act like it's going to be another fun day and it's going to be a great experience then i think your kids are going to do great Good. I think we're both in the same boat as far as that goes. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Gooba. I really appreciate it. Um, and again, sorry about the technical difficulties. Um, no problem. Anybody watching finds this information um, helpful, share with your friends, um, you know, on your Facebook page and, um, you know, let us comment below if you have any further questions. I'm sure that um, Dr. Guba could answer. We'll shoot them over to her if she has any questions, anybody has questions. So thanks again for joining us and um, have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.